Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded and expects to hit 6 million listens by the end of July 2023. We're celebrating this success by recognizing those who have shared the journey with us and giving them the opportunity to contribute to the ongoing success of the shows. By buying a paper copy of the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a donation to help the ongoing running costs, members of the international Italian wine community will be given the chance to nominate future guests and even enter a prize draw to have lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. To find out more, visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! to another episode of On The Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Each week, she travels to incredible wine destinations, interviewing some of the Italian wine scene's most interesting personalities, talking about wines, the foods, as well as the incredible travel destinations. Okay, we're now live. We're waiting for Laura Catena. Okay, so we're good. Oh, here she is. Hey. Ciao. Hey, Laura. Come inside. Come All right, so we have a surprise for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. One, two, three. Ciao, Laura. Ciao, amici. Ciao, amici. Listen. Listen, we, have you noticed something different? Uh, we're all wearing stuff like yeah, we know we're all wearing like stuff on our head because in your honor, we can find Gore. For me, for me, it was so normal that you were wearing some hats that I thought, <laughs> why not? No, listen. So, what is the story with the barrette? Hey, do you want the the true story? Yeah, the true story. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, first of all, the beret is a gaucho hat. So in right. Argentina, the, the cowboys wear a beret because it's from the Basque country. You know, we have Spanish, Italian, Native American. So the gaucho hat, this is the gaucho hat. You can buy it in Argentina in the gaucho stores. And I always used to dress like a gaucho when I was a little girl. So I've always worn it. Not as much as I wear it now. But the main reason, Stevie, is that you don't have to go to the hairdresser. It's instant That's uh, good. I like preparation. It. So You're so you practical. Now. You're so smart. Yes. I knew I liked you for some <laughs> but, but think about it, Stephen. When, when you're traveling every day, you're going to a new country. Uh, I mean, how do you actually, you know, dry your hair and make it look good? You put a, a hat. Listen, so Laura, thank you so much for doing this. We're doing this mostly for our WSET students. And also, like, I used to see you at least once a year, at least, yeah. especially in New York. When was the last time you've taken a plane? Uh, actually, uh, the last time was when I went to Argentina in February. Of, of, it, it will be a year since I last took a plane. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, it's been yes. a long time for me as well. It's crazy. We yes. were always flying all the time, right, in the past. Yes, yeah. How our lives have changed. So, yes. listen, we're going to, this is the following. I try to keep it kind of skinny. We'll yes. do everything in half an hour. We have okay. two wines today. You know which wines, okay. right? Send to the wines. We uh, have the Consulta Malbec. Okay. And then we have the Catena Malbec. Oh, perfect. The perfect. high mountain vines. I, do you want me to pin you I, 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 I think you, you did, but it, I know those wines very, very well. So I Are you sure? So many Zoom Are you sure? Like you know Malbec and then I consulta Malbec. I mean, 
This is Are my, you sure? You the, the, the bread and butter. The Katina Malbec, if, if, listen, Stevie, if I don't make Katina Malbec, I don't send my kids to college. Yeah, it's good. Good job. <laughs> so listen, what we're going to do is, first of all, I mean, this has been a really, really difficult year. As we are, I mean, reading your bio is like, you know, the Marquez, you know, the 100 years of solitude, right? There was like Nicola. <laughs> By the way, Nicola is Italian. He's Marquejano, your grandfather. See, see. And I also have Genovese from my mother's side. Oh, my God, the worst of two kinds, like the Marquejano, <laughs> Genovese. So. Okay. And then it was your dad, also Nicola's. Uh, so actually, it's my great-grandfather is Nicola. He's the Marquejano. Right. Um, he was married to another Italian woman, Anna Mosqueta. And then right. there was my grandfather. His name was Domingo Vicente. You know, in Argentina, they didn't allow people to keep their Italian names. So they had to Spanishize them. So he was Domingo Vicente, but he would have been Domenico Vincenzo because those were, you know, the, the ground, the, the whatever the Italian rules are for naming. <laughs> Everybody in my family used is, to call Is them. Adriana Catena someone you're related to? Yes, she's my sister. Oh, hi, ciao, Adriana. She's oh, laughing. She's, oh, like, she's there. I didn't see her. She, yeah, yes, she thinks it's funny. Okay, that's good. So far, so good. We're entertaining your sister. Then and, okay, Nicola... and, then, and then it's my father, uh, who is Nicolás Catena. And he sometimes uses the Zapata, which is his mother's side, which is the Spanish side, because we are Italian and Spanish, but really we are Argentinian. And then there's me and my two siblings. One of them is Adriana, who just waved. And our most famous vineyard is named after her. And honestly, you know, people always ask, why is there a vineyard named after your sister and not you? And she was there when my father was planting this vineyard. And honestly, when it was planted, it's, it's at 1,500 meters elevation. It's just the most glorious place. My father didn't know it was going to be so great. Right. Um, and so I think it just happens to be that way. And if you meet my sister, she's quite beautiful and amazing. So I told my sister, I said, if you're going to go on one of my Instagrams, go on this one. Because this one will be fun. Yeah. Okay. That's you. good. Good. Good job, Laura. I, I I will make you my PR soon. When if you don't have a job. Actually, one question I did have as a student, because you know I started my diploma program. It's just because I had nothing else I to did. do. I yeah. did. Yeah. Well, and, no, but you you know what, Stevie, you are the right person because you know how to make things fun, and I think the major problem with wine why more people don't you know get interested in wine is because so many people teaching wine are so boring and if yes, you can it, infuse the wine world with you well i'm good definitely for an alcoholic so i will make it <laughs> successful that's for sure okay so having said that i have a w said diploma question yes okay. yes how come there's no phylloxera in argentina so actually there is a little bit of phylloxera in argentina and there it has been described over a hundred years. So a hundred years ago, they identified the first phylloxera. However, it doesn't propagate. Well, actually we did some research because I had this theory that maybe the strains of phylloxera we had were less aggressive. Actually, we have some very bad phylloxera in Argentina, but it doesn't propagate. And some of it is related to the soil composition. And some of it is, is related to the very dry air. The flying phylloxera doesn't like the dry air. Jacopo is suggesting altitude because also the altitude. I, it might also be the sunlight intensity because the thing about altitude is it's cooler, but cool shouldn't be a, an issue because in Burgundy it's quite cool right? and Champagne, they got phylloxera too. So I think it might could be the sunlight is so strong that the little insects don't like it. But the bottom line is that phylloxera just stays in one place 
and it doesn't spread. So we have phylloxera, but it's not a problem. Nematodes are a bigger problem. All right. Okay. Listen, does anybody have a question for, yeah, hold on. Let me, can you pass it on to Jacopo? I have again a question about terror. Actually, uh, climate changes now are a big issue in all world, uh, on, on, in all the world for wine. But since two years, Mendoza is a big critical area, especially for water management. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you face this situation in your vineyards? Yeah, so Jacopo, this is such an important question for every producer in the world. We have an issue with water because uh, we have the glacier water. So our, our vineyards drink mineral water, but th these glaciers are smaller now than they were 20 years ago. What we have done with water is we're studying every possible way to save water, to capture water, and also drip irrigation is very important. So in Argentina, when I was a child, or even 20 years ago, most of the vineyards were flood irrigated. And now most vineyards are drip irrigated. It's not only better for quality, but it's also better for the environment because we save water. And actually, I'd like when Europeans ask me the question about irrigation, I like to answer it because generally in Europe, it's considered, oh, if you irrigate your vineyard, you're just some producer trying to get a ton of grapes and, and no, cheap wine. The issues is the lack of water, actually. No, but, but actually in Argentina, we need water and we irrigate. It's like an art. So people, it takes about 10 years to learn how to irrigate. And you don't irrigate Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You look at the vine and you give a little water when the vine needs it for the vine balance. So it's actually a very, it's part of the art of wine growing and making yeah. is understanding uh, the vine well enough and each terroir. So in every place and even in parcels within a vineyard, you need to understand the water needs. But I agree with you that the key issue really is about climate. But if there is no water in Mendoza, we have no vines. But the other question about temperature. So uh, we actually did what the rest of the world is going to have to do, but 25 years ago, when my father decided to plant in the cooler climate areas where nobody had planted, like the Adriana Vineyard I was telling you about, there were no vineyards there in Gualtajari. And he traveled around France, and actually what he realized was that he needed cooler climate to make you know, more age-worthy complex wine with better aromatics and natural acidity. You know, in the old days in Argentina, most wines were acidified. And my father wanted to make wines that were just coming out of the vineyard to be made into wine that you didn't need to add anything. So he discovered this whole region, not, not the whole region. There were some vineyards in the Uco Valley, but not many. And so that is now the main, you know, quality production region, the Uco Valley. But it was a tiny region, you know, 25 years ago. So in Argentina, we made a move to cooler climate through altitude. And I think this is something that's going to have to happen in the rest of the world, where people will either have to move to cooler areas or plant different varieties in current areas, which, you know, Bordeaux announced, I think, two weeks ago, that they're allowing new varieties like Marcelan. They're actually... The, Marcelan? They're allowing Marcelan. And then they're also allowing Turia Nacional also. Look, Google it. Tinta. Bordeaux just allowed, and allowed I think up to, maybe one of the students can look it up. Albarino. A, I don't think they allowed Albarino. No. No, there's, <laughs> this is what Tinta, her name, the person's name is Tinta Ifina, and she wrote Albarino. Ah, no, no, I don't think they're allowing Albarino in Bordeaux. So now the Bordeaux blend can have up to, I think it's 10% from these other grapes that they think are better adapted 
to a warmer climate. Actually, yeah. we're working on WSET diploma book. I think it was still written 10 years ago, so I'm sure we don't have this. It won't be in the exam. That's all I care about. Listen, we don't have that much more time. Yes. We have 15 more minutes. Yeah. We have two little lines. Okay, very good. Okay, so what yes. are we drinking first? Okay, let's have first the Catena Malbec. Okay. And uh, which, is, which is the vintage? 2018. And the consulta oh. is 217. That's actually very fun because it's just a very classic year for Mendoza. You know, it wasn't too cold. It wasn't too warm. There was enough water. There was snow in the Andes, no frost. It was just one of those years that growers like because they, they produce good quality, but in decent quantities. So it wasn't a small vintage. And 17 is a much smaller vintage. But again, La Consulta comes from one place and the Catena Malbec is a high altitude blend. So this is a very good tasting to do together. In fact, I would recommend that everybody be tasting both together so they can compare a little bit. Right. Can you just point out like the main differences? So to me, the Catena Malbec is what I call our Chanel number no. five. Why? Because it's a blend. Oh, wait, let me try. <laughs> yeah, please try it. Please try it. Let me it. try. <laughs> I'm sure you smell better now. Well, uh, so the Catena Malbec is a blend of five different locations. Let's say that in France, you wanted to go and blend from the Rhone and Burgundy and Bordeaux and Champagne. This would be bad. I have to interrupt you because somebody, yeah. experimental Bordeaux ah. grapes are Arinao, my Spanish is so great, Castets, Marcelon, and Turiga Nacional are for reds, Alvarino, and Lilorila for white. Oh, so our guest was correct. And I, I said, no, I, I am so sorry. But okay, I'm uh, sorry. We, so we, let's go back to one yeah, nanosecond yeah, but, to but, the but, difference but, between two yes. ones. Yeah, but actually very sorry to that person that said Alvarino and I was wrong. Thank you for participating. Okay, so the Catena is a blend of different altitudes. And now if in France you wanted to mix all these different climates, it would be crazy. You'd be driving the grapes seven hours, right? But in Argentina, because of the altitude, in 45 minutes, you can go from a place as warm as the Southern Rhone to a place as cold as Champagne. And Malbec does well in all those places, but with different flavors. So both, all these vineyards, for both these wines you're drinking, but let's talk about Catena first, are planted with the Catena Massal selection. So we have a selection of 135 cuttings that come oh, from uh, a 100-year-old vineyard. It's a 100-year-old vineyard. It was about, I don't know, 70-something years old when we made the selection. And then we preserved that selection in all our vineyards. So you're talking about the same Masal selection planted at different altitudes. And so it's like the same person and it's different expressions. And then you put all that together. So you get the ripeness from the the warmer climate, and then you get the concentration and the really beautiful acidity from the cooler climate. And so what I call this is an altitude blend. And really, Argentina is the only country you can do this because you have these different altitudes so close to each other. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. And so what I love about this wine is that it's a very a wine that's very completo. Completo, I don't know how you say that in, in Italian or in English. Completo. Complete. Oh, you say completo. Uh, yes. Okay, okay. 
Grazie. So because it's got everything, you know, it, it's delicious, it's smooth. Malbec, so if you're in a blind tasting, remember Malbec should be very smooth. It should have floral aromatics, uh, very bright floral and fruits, lots of color, very deep color, but it should be smooth. If you find some greenness or bitterness, it's not Malbec. And this is why Malbec was so prized in the Medoc, you know, in the, in the 18th and 19th century, because they had the Cabernet that was a little green because they were harvesting earlier and they needed the Malbec to soften it. So what's key about the Cabina Malbec is that it's an altitude blend. And these are all ungrafted vines also, because wow. most of the Malbec planted in Argentina is ungrafted, at least 90% of it. We sometimes, well, we usually plant Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, uh, for example, with graft. Uh, with the American rootstock, many people don't know this. Most masters of wine, master sommelier, um, WSCT, four or five, I don't know what's the highest, they don't know this. So Malbec has a very deep root system. It goes down to, to up to two meters. So it can withstand uh, you know, problems with dry nematodes, the little phylloxera we have. So, okay, so this is- Simone. Yeah. Ciao, Laura. Ciao, come stai? Bene, tu? Bene, benissimo. Uh, I have a question. Yes. I want to know how was uh, the the current uh, vintage? Uh, the one that, that 2021 or 2020? Yeah. yeah. 21. Okay, so 21, we did have a frost. So it will not be like 18. That was just like quite big. Uh, but so far, it's starting now. It's going really well. And we've actually, you know, we've kind of escaped the frost and the hail. So Usually the only bad thing that could happen is maybe it becomes very rainy at some point. Uh, we did have some bad rain about a week ago, but it was early enough. That's not a problem. In fact, we like a little rain, you know, about a month before harvesting because usually the, the vines are very stressed. And so, so far it's looking very, very good. Uh, yeah. Great. Thank you. Okay, Thank so Shawan has a question for you too. Here, Shawan. Yes. Hi, Laura. Hello. So follow up the climate change topic, I want to yes. ask, like, what do you do differently in the winery to uh, counterpart like the climate change? And what do you do now different than before? Yeah, well, I think that the, the main change we made was planting in cooler climates, but that was mm -hmm. not for climate change. We were doing it to get better yeah. quality and better. Today, the main issue, uh, I think it was Jacopo that, that was saying that, is water. That is the main issue of Mendoza. We have less uh, warming in the southern hemisphere than in the northern hemisphere. Mm -hmm. So just by, you know, good cover crops and, you know, you, you can leave a few more leaves on the vine. Like there's things you can do if there's a little bit of warming. So, so far, warming is not a big issue. We've actually had some of the coldest years in the century recently. So, but water is a bigger issue. And, you know, and, and to me, the, the other big issue is, you know, the impact on people because, you know, the, the water scarcity also affects people, communities all over the world. And, and it affects disease pressure on the vines, on people. So, uh, you know, that's, that's a much bigger conversation. But at the winery itself, you know, we make wine with the grapes that come in. And I wouldn't say that the climate change is, is, um, is any big impact. We are doing a lot of work on sustainability in terms of, for example, being much more judicious about measuring, you know, how much electricity we use, you know, trying to, we, we, we are 
reducing a lot, you know, the, the gasoline, the energy that we use. And, and in fact, there's a recent statistic that I looked up that, for example, in Argentina, people in Argentina, the per capita um, carbon emissions are a, a fifth of what they are, let's say, in the USA, Australia, and Canada. And actually, in Italy, they're higher than in Argentina, but not as, as high as the United States. So it, it, I was having a really interesting discussion about this, you know, which is that everybody's talking about climate change and reducing carbon emissions, yet there's some countries that just because of the lifestyle, you know, in Argentina, many people don't have a car. Whereas, you know, in other countries, families will have two or three cars. In Argentina, no family has more than one car, you know, uh, and people carpool. It's normal to carpool. Uh, people take their bike. So I think that's another issue for climate change. I think we all need to work on it, but some countries harder than others. Thank you so much. Thank you. Back to oh, okay. We have some questions from the yes. that I can't read it. So, what is it? Is climate change creating more troubles? And- oh, hail. The problems oh. with the hail related um, to climate change. Yeah, I, I think hail has been, I mean, when I was a kid, hail was the problem. You know, I think hail is hail. Uh, I wouldn't say that we're seeing more hail. Uh, we are seeing actually in some places worse frost, which sort of doesn't make any sense because it's it's cooler, uh, but it, it might be related to, to, to less water. Usually humidity pr- protects you from frost. Uh, so that's not but, what I was expecting. Actually. Yeah, me neither. But I, I would say like, if I look at my memory, we've had some big issues with frost. I think it's very hard to talk about climate change. You know, when you think of the last five years, it's more of the last 50 years, you know? So, you know, since the human memory, usually I can't remember more than the last year, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, you, you actually need to sit down and quantify to have a good assessment. Oh, yeah. You know, the audience, they're asking if we can save this slide. They love you. It's never happened oh. before. So, yes. No. For you guys. Listen, we have. We have four more minutes. We need to talk yes. about okay. Consulta. Yes. Okay. So, La Consulta is this district in the southern Uco Valley. And what's very particular about La Consulta, I'm going to show you. So, look at this stone. Mm. So, it's, it's covered in limestone. See, calcium carbonate. So the soils were formed when the oceans covered the Andes and then the Andes rose up. And so we have a lot of marine deposits and we have all this calcium carbonate from the rivers drying. And this, you know, I used to think that this was a French thing to always talk about limestone and calcium carbonate. But we do find that the places that have more calcium carbonate do give us like somewhat more elegant wines. So there must be a correlation. I don't know what it is, but we find that, you know, with our experience. So in La Consulta, you have like that stone I showed you, but bigger because it's at the beginning of a cone, of an alluvial cone. So these big stones make drainage very easy. And so you can't get high yields, which is a problem if you're trying to make a ton of cheap wine. But if you're trying to make quality wine, it's very good because it keeps the vine a little bit of stressed and yields are always low. So La Consulta to me has a lot of power, but also almost sweet tannins. So it's a very rich wine with very smooth and slightly sweet tannins that come from this particular place. It's not sugar, it's polysaccharides. But what do you think? Do you feel that as well? 
I don't, I've been just drinking it. I don't really feel, what about you guys? <laughs> Listen, there's a question from the audience. Can you define consulta salty because of the carbonate yeah. calcium? And also, I love the fact that your prop is a, a piece of rock. My prop is like potato chips and, you know, like peanuts. <laughs> Well, I could eat some potato chips now. I, I'm never tired of potato chips. So uh, somebody's asking about salty. So, you know, in Mendoza, we do have some salt in the soils, like not so much that it's bad for the vines, but we do have a little bit of saltiness uh, to the wines. It's actually been measured. I don't think it's from the carb carbonate calcium. I think it's from, you know, regular sodium that, you know, it infiltrates the soils and the water. But I do agree actually with the comment that La Consulta mm. has a, a nice saltiness. Uh, but I, I don't think it's from the that? calcium carbonate. Yeah. He says more savory, savory than salty. Yeah, yeah. But I, but the, but it, but also a little salty. But umami savory as well. Umami. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, this is big. Umami. Umami. Oh my God, Jackpot. Malbec. Rebecca. Yes. <laughs> so Malbec has umami. We've measured it. It has. Don't natural you have any vanillin. umami material to show me? Uh, yes, uh, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so Malbec has natural uh, vanillin. Even if you bake Malbec without oak, you smell vanillin. We we actually discovered this, and that's to interesting. Me, Malbec, I didn't know that. And it's not was, from the oak. No, no. Well, if you add oak, you have more. But it, it has natural vanillin, and um, we actually even had this study that UC Davis, like it's triple confirmed. And so I think Malbec that is why it goes so well with steak. And with mushrooms, and I think it goes really well with Asian food that has a lot of umami. So listen, Laura, um, you can do two things. I give you the last question. You can do one of two things. One, you can tell me kind of the three important things that you remember about 2020, last year, during pandemic, life lessons, if you will. Or you can do your famous karaoke, Despacito, like the one that we did during New Year's Eve karaoke, which I discovered. It was hilarious because no one can follow you. It was completely in Spanish. Well, for, for, first of all, you make an easy choice because I can only do Despacito if you hear the song in the background. Right, right, right. It okay. sounds terrible. But, right. but I will tell you about, but let's do karaoke again because I had so much fun. Okay. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. Um, so uh, I think the main thing is I got a dog before COVID. You know, I think going for walks with or without a dog is something that I discovered. And I think that it's something that everybody should be doing, like remembering that. My husband has complained a lot about me over the last you year. You have a husband? Almost, I have a husband. Oh, I didn't being, know that. We're 25 years this year. He's American, but he speaks Spanish very well and Italian. He loves Italy. And so my husband was always complaining that I travel too much. And I always used to think that he was just How complaining. many husbands do you have? Uh, currently one. Okay, that's good. Yes. So, and, and he stopped complaining. And actually, it's been nice to be able to, you know, spend a little more time with him. And I don't know, I think that for many people, maybe I was neglecting him. I denied it before. But now that I'm seeing that it's nice to spend more time with him, and I, I'd like to continue to spend more time with him. And then also, uh, I have picked up, tennis uh and having oh, tennis. quite a bit of fun with that yes are you any yes. good no i'm terrible but i love playing okay on my knees busted but when it gets repaired then we can hit some let's, balls let's right? play tennis absolutely all right listen now i'm gonna let you go i like to kind of keep it you know i'm kind of a nazi in terms of being a control yes. freak so yes. let you go thank you so much yes. and one last time <laughs> 
Ciao Laura! Grazie, ciao, ciao Laura! Amici. Ciao, ci vediamo presto! Ciao, ciao Laura, ciao, grazie! Ciao, grazie a te! Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, ciao ciao.